0: First, we are rolling into the holidays. We have survived time change somewhat. If you have children and it's time change, holy fucking shit! It just it hits us every every twice a year. Anyway, enough about that. Today, I am talking with the worthy physician Dr. Supna Shah Hawk, and this is going to be such an amazing conversation. I can't wait to share it with you. So sit back, relax, get you some coffee and tea, put your warm socks on and snuggle up with us. Here we go. Dr. Sapna Shah-Hawk. It is so great to talk to you, friend.
1: Thank you. I'm, I really appreciate the opportunity to be here.
0: Yeah. Well, tell the people on Podcasting World a little bit about yourself and the magic you are putting into the
1: world. Absolutely. I'm a physician here in rural Kansas. I've been in this realm of the world for, in one way or another, for the last decade. I actually love practicing in a rural area. and. Throughout my journey as a physician, I've been through burnout and moral injury twice, lost my best friend to suicide who was also a physician, and had to do something with that grief. So, I went part-time, focusing on life outside of medicine, and when I'm at clinic and at work, I'm 100% there mentally, physically, but outside of that, I had to find a way to to understand and to process this grief of moral injury, burnout, and death of a fellow physician by suicide and i started a podcast two and a half years ago called the worthy physician that has focused on physician burnout and really trying to get to why this happens and we know that it's not the physician that is not resilient it's the system in which we work that is horrendous and makes it difficult to practice what we spent half of our lives studying
0: absolutely I mean, it, it's hard to be a healthy fish when you're uh, swimming around in a toxic tank.
1: Amen to that. Amen to that. And, you know, I just, my mind goes straight to finding Nemo when they allow the tank to get so disgusting. And that is really, really a good representation of the American medical system.
0: Yeah, I agree too. I did a podcast not too long ago with one of my good friends, and her topic was the strikes are coming. And so we riff in there about. You know, what is it going to take to change the American medical system? And she has personal experience of when her father abroad was in a hospital when all the healthcare system shut down. So it's it's real. It's real. And I need to play the song. We're not going to take it. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my favorite. Because I feel like that's uh, that's where everybody's moving to. And, and it's sad that we've had to get here because of tragedy. And because of pain and because of physician deaths and career deaths, I mean, people are leaving left, right, and center. And um, yeah, so I'm super glad to talk to you. Rule doctors unite. Whoop, whoop. I live in a county <laughs> of about 11,000 people. So more, more uh, trees and farm animals. Than people at this point. And I'm with you. I would go nowhere else. I I love walking into the grocery store and seeing about three patients every time I'm in there.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you know, it, it's, I mean, for the most part, people are really respectful of boundaries and there's a great uh, teamwork, I think, because there's a different mentality of I own my health and so I need to participate.
0: Yeah. It brings its own challenges. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, I, oh, yeah. I, I love what I do and where I do it at as well. So, Okay. Well, tell me how you came up with The Worthy Physician. Where'd that come from?
1: Absolutely. The title to me, I was driving back home and it it really just kind of hit me at a stoplight. And The Worthy Physician would be a great name for a podcast. And that was before I actually had launched launched the podcast. Why a worthy physician? What in the world was Dr. Bicker thinking when she took her own life? And I'm in no way faulting Anyone here? Uh, you know, anybody that would contemplate suicide has to be in a very, very dark hole, and that is nothing. Thank God that I understand. But what I thought about the worthy physician is we have to remember that we we are all worthy of life. We are all worthy of self love and being able to ask for help when we need it because we are so trained not to. But we have to remember that we're worthy of those pieces of advice that we give our patients as first line. Absolutely.
0: You know, it's amazing to me. uh, You do internal medicine, correct? Yes, ma'am. So I'm family med and I do addiction medicine as well. Just took my addiction boards actually two days ago. So we'll see if I get the new paper on the wall. But what I was going to say is so many times the message that we say to our patients is the teaching we need for ourselves. I've found that so many times on so many days.
1: Yeah. We forget that we need to address our own health, we need to address our own needs and I mean our own humanity medicine, too. You yeah. Know?
0: We're not supercharged demigod robots. We have thoughts and feelings and hurts and
1: needs and wants and dreams and and all the things. And unfortunately in medicine, because you know, we're we're on this track, undergrad, med school, residency, fellowship.
0: The railroad track. Yeah. You
1: know. <laughs> We we forget all these things. We forget all these things, and you know, I've, last year I really thought my forty year old self would throat punch my eighteen year old self, but it, I feel I find it's the other way around. My eighteen year old self would throat punch the 40 year old me because I've lost track over training about some of my interests, and they they came about during like they resurfaced during the pandemic. And I'm where did that come from? And we have to we have to remember that. Oh my gosh, we're humans and we're complex and. We have to honor that, but we don't.
0: So the wording position, the podcast all came about pandemic time?
1: Yes. Uh, Dr. Bicker took her life in June of twenty nineteen and I really struggled with uh, how to process that. And so I podcast was born in April, May of twenty twenty. So it was right as a pandemic hit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Right as everybody I think was was reevaluating and figured out. And then, when did you go part time?
1: I went part time right before the pandemic, uh, March of twenty twenty. Two small kids and wanting to come back and raise them in a small town. Yeah, you know, I've been practicing kind of two or three times a month down here. I was I was in Wichita for um, with family due to medical issues. Their medical issues, but uh, like in Wichita, there were three murders in one night, <laughs> and I kind of thought, no, nah, I don't want to raise my kids here. I want to go back and raise them in a small town where where it's pretty laid back and I only have to really fear the the wildlife more than the people. So, with that, I went part-time in March of 2020.
0: Nice. And I know that is a a first big change for a lot of people that I work with is making that transition and seeing that you are still worthy, that you are still a marvelous and amazing physician. Even if you don't dedicate every single day to it, did you have any struggles about going part time, or was it pretty easy to be like, "No, I got to do this"?
1: It was pretty easy, and a lot of that transition was when when I found out about Doctor Bicker. It was more like, "What the hell am I doing? Why in the world am I working Monday through Friday here, and then going and doing you know Saturday here, and uh, trying to increase hours or take on more projects and." I got two small kids. I can always work later on. I can always increase my hours, but while they're young, I wanted to really be there. And so to make that decision, it did not take more than a, I'm just going to do this. I'm doing this. I think part of, again, like you said, you know, if you're not doing something related to medicine all the darn time, then you really start to think, gosh, how good of a physician am I? But the truth is, is that I'm, I'm, we're more than just physicians. That's only a part of what we do. That's only a part of who we are. We overlook all the other relationships we have as a spouse, a daughter, a sister, or a friend, a mom, a a dog parent, right? We forget how fulfilling those relationships can be. And a lot of times we're putting so much into medicine, whether it's chasing the bonus, chasing partnership, that we forget everything else that is around us until something happens. A lot of times it's a life-changing event or, or a health crisis, and it really makes us think, what the hell am I doing?
0: Mm-hmm. I know in 2015, that was the first time I, I went part time. And it wasn't as familiar as it is now, especially here in rural Indiana. And I did struggle a lot with, am I still valuable enough? You know, because I got pushed back from my organization like, oh, you're only a 0.6 FTE. So dot, dot, dot. Now it just makes sense to me. I don't think anybody can operate at a full FT because we both know a 0.1 is not truly a 0.1. It's like a 0.6, 0.7. Some people, I think it's a 2.0, to be perfectly honest. And yeah. so I think part-time work is really a good modification of full-time work for you know a typical work schedule outside of medicine as far as with that. So when we were chitty chatting before we got onto the recording, you had brought up self worth and, you know, the worthy physician and how we all are worthy and deserving of a life outside of medicine, self love, relationships, really knowing who we are. You had mentioned that going into the holiday season, you see a lot of folks kind of struggling with self worth. I know that sometimes around Thanksgiving, I think, what the fuck am I thankful for? So what I start with is I usually start with like a burn book of all the things I'm pissed about or resentful about. And then like, once I get that all out of my system, most of the time, then I can like start my, my grateful thankfulness list, but talk a little bit more to that as I mean, holiday season's hard for me. I don't, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's super hard, but talk about that with worth in the holiday season.
1: Yeah, sure. And I like to say, I think the burn book is really a good idea. I never thought about that.
0: Oh, it is so therapeutic. See, I have it right here next to me. This is a black sketchbook. It's amazing how, too, when you look back, after you get that that hard stuff, you look back at it, and it's like, no, I wasn't angry about that. I was hurt. And I think I experience a lot of hurts, and my first initial emotion is the the red guy on Inside Out, anger. Yeah, yes, (laughs) yes. That is me. Fuck sadness you know, I go straight to anger. And then after I get through that primary emotion, then I have to like, look at my feelings wheel. And I can be like, Oh, this is what it is.
1: No, I, I, I process the way I see red. And it's like the bull comes out. But yeah, no, I think that self-worth around the holidays. Why, why would that, why would bring that up? I mean, but I think it's the lack of daylight. I think it's the, okay, maybe it's been a tough year. There are aspects of 2023 that have been really tough and not just in medicine, not just in the country politically, but maybe in your personal life. And you you think back and and sometimes it's like, well, what in the hell is there to be thankful for? And then you're supposed to be all happy and cheering, happy-go-lucky, having to deal with maybe people that you don't want to see. I'm not one for really for small talk. So if you want to have a conversation, let's have a conversation just like what we're having, right? But it really starts to, I think, get at people, well, what in the hell have I done over the last year? What have I accomplished? The goals that I set, maybe I didn't accomplish them. Maybe I've gone backwards. Maybe I am really struggling with self-worth because I just feel like shit and I don't know why. Or maybe it is because of the damn time change and it's 5.30 at night and it feels like midnight. Or maybe it's because your kids are waking up at five o'clock in the morning because of daylight savings time, they're normally up at six. Now, these are real struggles. And so I find that really looking at self-worth and trying to separate it from a job title or a paycheck or, okay, maybe you didn't accomplish those goals for 2023. I didn't accomplish all my goals for 2023. But you know what? I'm going to kick that can on a 2024 and see what happens. It's not like they're, they're completely going away, but I think we also need to allow ourselves some grace and understand that we're human. Life happens. Anybody that's working and has kids and is trying to do other things or even enjoy a lukewarm cup of coffee knows that life is like a three ring circus on fire. And you're just trying to juggle it. yeah, those are my monkeys, you know, like Mm -hmm. that's my circus. I'm going to own that.
0: Yep. I am the fire marshal of dumpster fires, is what I say. (laughs) Right, yeah. You know, and one thing that I use a lot of times, both with my coaching folks and myself, is I like to do a calendar and review. So like I go back, just in my regular Google calendar of like all the things. Mm. Because when you, you get into that place, you don't want toxic positivity, nor do you want to ignore it. It's like, what am I actually seeing here? And, and I think going back and counting how many times I got somebody to karate practice or my oldest is in sixth grade. So we did tennis and now we're in basketball and we'll probably do something in the spring. You know what I mean? Like looking at those tangible items to remind ourselves we are an FBA, a fucking badass. And yeah. look at all the stuff I did or the talks that I did, or I even love it. I don't know about you since you're a podcaster, but my podcast recordings pop up in my Google calendar. And I'd love to go back and count. Like how many new people did I get to talk to that I would have never known if it wasn't for the magic of the internet. And, and I think that's really important that when we get into that state to be like, yeah, it may not feel like much, but I'm a fucking badass. And these, this is my evidence. And that's all I need right now is to remind myself of that. That's what I was saying the other day when I was taking my board exam. You know, I've never had this before. And I think it's because I'm on the precipice of 40. But like when you know you know something, but it doesn't come to your brain and you're sitting and looking at this question queue and you're like, I know I fucking know this, but I don't know this. It's the first time I've had that. And I have so much respect now for adult learners and people who go to med school when they're not in their 20s. Shit, I can't imagine trying to do grad school now in this frame of life. And so I think it's remembering that, that stuff with us. And like you said, like self compassion is huge in my life because when I was in that test, I was like, you know what? You prepared the best you could. You did the best you could for this. And my third point is, is like remembering the power of yet you know, those goals that haven't been met, say this board exam, I don't pass. Well, not yet. I'll take it again next year, spend the $2,000, you know, or if there's something you want to accomplish, like I wanted to go on a private writing retreat with just myself and a computer. It didn't happen. Not yet. So we'll make it happen next year. And I think we have to remember too, we have these such hard timeline scales. Like One of my things is I wanted to get my student loans paid off within 10 years of a certain date. Well, you know what? It's going to be next year, which will be 11 years. So it's just it's just the power of yet and reminding ourselves that you don't have to get everything done the first time around. Life doesn't have scantrons anymore, friends. It doesn't. Nobody fucking cares.
1: It's just you. I think that's the thing, right? We put all the currency into a dollar value. So, if what I'm doing is not generating a dollar value, what's the worth? And I think that we have to re- reframe that because, like you said, if you got your kid to practice on time, they still got their limbs on. It's not blue bleeding. They or brush broken. their
0: teeth. They're eating. Bam.
1: That's a good day. Mom like of the if, year. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. You know, if they, get, if they get out to school, <laughs> they're dressed. It they, doesn't matter if it matches. No. If they're dressed. They brush their teeth. No. Fantastic.
0: And they're a nice human to other people, mom of the year award. Everyone yeah. needs that for sure. Because yeah. I'm just over the the Pinterest mom, The everybody trying to look on the outside. It's just like, no, we're all just surviving one battle or another. And I think we need to have the worth of that as well. Is like, I, I got up today, I took care of my little humans. I took care of my farm creatures. I went to work. I help people who maybe were having the worst day of their life and I successfully came home. That is a good fucking day.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And we forget the value of that. We forget the value of that. I'm not a Pinterest mom. I'm more okay. of a, okay. Yeah. You dress yourself this morning. It doesn't, you, you want to try something else? No. Okay. Hey, you do you let's go. And why is it that way? I'm not, it's not because I don't care. It's because I'm going to pick and choose my battles. And I'm, and if I look at it as I have two resources, that's time and energy. I have to figure out where I'm going to spend that. Am I going to do and make something beautiful for others? Hell no. I don't got time for that, nor do, nor do I care. Am I going to do something fun and whimsical with the family, with friends, with the kids at work, even with the patients? Heck yeah. And to me, that's where I want to spend my energy. And, and and maybe somebody else wants to spend their energy elsewhere. Fine. But you know, having a perfect home, having everything so well manicured that you're raising germaphobes, I think we gotta we gotta kinda look and say, Am I doing that for others? Am I doing that for me?
0: Yeah. And I think when we live in self-worth, our own self-worth, that energy that mind frame gets transferred to our children osmotically, you know, they start to pick it up. I know, especially with my daughter, <laughs> that kid does not want her hair brushed. She doesn't want it done, braided, all the things. My mother-in-law hates it. She's always on her to do something with her hair. And like for the longest time, my say, saying has been messy hair, don't care. Yep. She repeats it back. You know what, sis? Rock it. Whatever you want to do, whatever. No big deal. I th- and I think that's the thing, too, that empowers me to continue to live my life from a space of worthiness so that my children never have to doubt them for that themselves. There's so much other things to doubt and fear. And I don't want that, that they feel that they, they have to work on that. And they can work on other things with their therapist when they get older, but not that.
1: Exactly. Exactly. We have a saying in the house, they're going to go to therapy for something. Because you know, all, all parents mess up. Oh yeah! But at least it's not going to be for that. At least it's not going to be for that. And what does this have to do with self worth? It's because you look at what truly makes you happy. Doing crazy things with these little humans is one of my top priorities. And when I'm not at work, that's what I'm doing. And that it's goofy, it's crazy, it doesn't generate any dollar value. But what it does generate is memories and a relationship that I would not trade it. I would not trade that for anything. So for me, that that's what fills my cup. That's what makes me happy, and that's where I I find a lot of my self worth. Is what am I transferring to these little humans? What am I teaching them? And to do that, I had to go through my own shit. Uh, so it wasn't a like oh epiphany within x amount of weeks. Hell no, it was three years of therapy and life coaching. The
0: mess, the messiness, and I, I think through my own journey, it's been really important for me to talk to my kids in the midst of the mess too so yeah. they can see the struggle and know that that's absolutely normal
1: yeah absolutely and that's showing them that vulnerability also allows them to show their their vulnerability and that's that's so needed and i think that that's a we get so wrapped up in perfection even at an early age so showing them that life is messy and vul- being vulnerable it also translates into, I'm pretty vulnerable with my patients and with the ones that I have that connection with and being in this area for the last 10 years, I do let them know uh, some of the things that, yeah, you know what? I think therapy is a great thing because I've had to go through it myself. I've used it myself. And, you know, that that also builds trust. It builds, it shows them that, hey, you know, my doc is human. And maybe if they've tried it, may, maybe it would be something to consider. I've had more buy-in that way. And it's just about being comfortable with where I've been and where I am now and how I got here. And knowing that that doesn't make me less of a person, I am actually very thankful for that experience because I would not have want to be trapped emotionally or mentally where I was three years ago. I was just messy. And I'm thankful for all of that.
0: Messy and marvelous for sure. Well, Sapna, tell people where they can hang out with you more, talk more about your podcast, all the things, because you're an incredible human.
1: Thank you. Theworthyphysician.com. And that is where we have I have episodes, blog posts, and social media links are on that site as well. I am most active on LinkedIn.
0: Nice. I'm most active on Instagram. Mostly so I can watch other people's crazy ass videos of things <laughs> or on yeah, Instagram. So, all right, friend. Well, thank you so much for coming on the bo- podcast. The Badass and Me 110% honors the badass in you.
1: <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. <laughs>
0: friend. So my word of the year for 2023 is going to be slacking for two reasons. One, I am really going to pull back the throttle in 2023 and see what life is like when I just do enough. Not extra, not overboard, not overworking, burning myself out, burning candle at both ends. Slacking. Something I don't think I've really ever done my entire life I'm excited about it, but I'm also worried, of course, (laughs) the classic OCD overworker, how this is going to be. The other reason that Slack is going to be my word in 2023 is that's where I'm going to hang out. You're not going to see me in a lot of new places. I'm just going to be waiting for you in my DMs on Slack. Yeah, I'll probably occasionally post on Instagram and still send out a few emails But you're gonna see a change in Burnt Out to Badass and Dr. Me First. You're gonna just see me waiting willingly and quietly in the corner for those who are ready for help. No more blasting lots of advertisements and marketing and pushing people. When you're ready, you'll come and we're gonna see how it goes. So there you go. That's my word for the year. How about you? Have you picked a word? I'd love to hear about it. Send me an email. Better yet, send me a DM in Slack. Or maybe you want to join me and let's make theorists the year of slacking. All right, friend. Remember, if work is your drug, rest is your recovery. Come over and hang out with Slack and me and start slacking off a little bit in life.